Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pocket Loss. This is Jessica. So these episodes are going to be really casual. I'm going to do them in between episodes where I actually have to do research. I'm going to talk about the shows I'm watching, games I'm playing, movies, video games. If I can ever get a guest on, that'd be great, but so far it's just me. I'm currently 30 years old as I'm recording this episode. I identify as a huge geek, but everybody's a geek nowadays, so that's not really that special. For work, I'm currently a medical biller. I'm currently working from home, and since I have so much free time right now, I was like, well, what's one more commitment? So here I am. Even though I'm a medical biller, my company uses a really fancy title to describe the job. Patient account representative. What, do they think if they call it something really fancy, more people will apply? And a lot of places do stuff like this. Subway has their sandwich artist. Like, what's so artistic about putting together a sandwich someone is telling you how to make? There's no creativity in that. You don't go into Subway and the person making the sandwich is like, you know what would be really good on this sandwich? A splatter of mustard. And like, is there somebody that works at Subway that's telling people they're a sandwich artist? I doubt it. They're probably just like, I work at Subway. No one's going around saying, I'm a sandwich artist. It just sounds really pompous. So I'm working from home right now. Um, it, it's pretty nice. I can work out, do the podcast, do art while I'm on my breaks. I don't have the typical long commute. So I'm trying to just stay occupied. Busy hands are happy hands. Any other stuff about me? Well, my favorite color is blue. I tend to like colors that are like more on the paler side, despite what my wardrobe consisting of mostly black clothes would show you. I have two cats, Korra and Suki. They are named after Avatar characters. Avatar as in the Nickelodeon cartoon, not the uh, 3D movie. But enough about me, let's uh, talk about what I'm into. Currently I'm playing two games, Borderlands 3 and Animal Crossings. I would like to further research these and do episodes in the future, but I don't think there's really enough content for Animal Crossings to do an entire episode on. Like what would I do, list all the characters and be like, here is this character and they have this personality, like no. I have played every Borderlands game, the first one, the second one, the third one, the pre-sequel, the little Telltale game that they had. I am currently playing number three. I play on the hardest difficulty. I play with one of my buddies. We're at endgame. We have max money right now from all the items we get from this little perk called Loot Explosion. And Loot Explosion is where if you kill somebody with a critical hit, they drop even more items than they normally would. Critical hits are like headshots or a area on the body that if you hit that spot, it does significantly more damage than it would normally. All the currency in the game is pretty useless at this time. 
you know, I, I tend to play female characters. I'm currently playing Moe's, who's like a 12-year-old boy in a woman's body. In pre-sequel, I played the gunslinger. In 2, I played the siren. and the first one, I also played the siren. I am trying to make the most of the game. I'm playing every event. I'm doing all the downloadable content. The friend I play with uses Zane, and he has an impenetrable shield that's like total bullshit. He hardly ever dies. For those who play, I went into the blue and green skill tree, and... Another issue with the endgame with my character is that my special skill or action skill is completely useless. Like at this point, I only use it in oh shit moments when I'm about to die. For Moe's though, I really thought it was important to go into splash damage since that's one of her character traits that she is specifically known for. Grenades also really suck right now, and they did not scale the damage in the game for these higher levels. Did any of you hear that Borderlands won three awards recently? Art direction, user experience, and game design. But you know, I didn't know the Webbies were pay to win. They must have learned that from EA. Now don't get me wrong, I love the game, but it's so fucking buggy. Zane's double often gets stuck in the floor, the game crashes like every other time I play it, I've fallen through the floor quite a few times too. The best way to get through this game is with good guns. The best guns in the game right now are from the cartel event, which are a rocket launcher called the Yellow Cake and a Atlas legendary assault rifle called the OPQ. I don't know when this episode's going to come out, so you may have already missed your chance to get these two guns. I think the event only lasts some time in June. Unfortunately, it's taken so many hours to get these guns. With There's like different anointments you can get, and anointments are like little special perks, like 300% more damage when enemy has over 90% health. I may eventually have to post in the Borderlands group I'm a part of and be like, Oh, poor little girl gamer here. I need a specific gun with this specific anointment. Can anyone help a poor little old girl gamer like me? I've seen posts like this before and like there's these dudes commenting on there like I play Borderlands 3 on Mayhem 10 solo. I have every gun in the game with every anointment because I have no job. Anyway I was farming the yellow cake and it was getting so annoying. The enemies were not dropping the gun and it was at the point where I was pretending to barter with the main enemy for sexual favors to get the gun. Like, come on, Joey Ultraviolet, I'll suck your dick for the right yellow cake. I will have sex with you if you give me this gun. It'll be like one of those terrible porns I watch where every few minutes I'll ask, so you're gonna give me the yellow cake if I do this right? And probably gross myself out for even being in the situation. I mean, on the one hand, good for me for using my vagina and getting something for it. On the other hand, the consent seems kind of like a gray area because I'm only doing it to get something. 
I mean, really, Joey Ultraviolet is probably one of the best people to have sex with in the game. He's a legitimate businessman. He owns his own planet, has a mansion. He's probably cleaner than every other Borderlands character because there's, like, running water in his mansion. He's, like, filthy rich. Let's face it, he's Borderlands' most eligible bachelor. Like, fuck yeah, I'll fuck Joey Ultraviolet for a gun. He also says he's lonely, so, like, maybe he'd be down. I wonder if somebody's gonna scour Pornhub for the specific porn I was referencing early. They'll be like, this is what you're into? Like, yeah, sometimes. Don't hate. Anyway, for a good portion of the game, I used TDOR guns. But gradually, these guns didn't become useful. They didn't have any good legendary TDRs. For those of you who don't play Borderlands, TDRs are the guns you use where you shoot once, then reload. As you reload, you throw the gun. It may explode upon impacting the enemy. It may seek enemies out. Or it may become like a turret and either run into enemies or stand in one place and shoot at them. The thing with TDR guns is that Borderlands 3 made fun of TDR a lot. Like, come on, Borderlands, stop hating on my favorite gun manufacturer. It would be nice if in one of the new Borderlands downloadable content it had a TDR planet on it. And if you aren't, like, following this, Borderlands is a loot shooter. Uh, It's an open world game where it can be linear with the story, but it also has a lot of side quests. One of my favorite side quests is with this character that is clearly inspired by Tommy Wiseau. The Room is like my favorite movie that I have never seen. I've seen PewDiePie play The Room game. I've seen The Disaster Artist. I've even listened to a podcast about Tommy Wiseau. But I haven't seen the movie. It's really a tragedy. I know two people who own it and every time I'm like, hey, let's watch The Room. They're like, I just watched that. I, I want to buy it eventually, but I'm moving soon, so I'm not really buying anything right now. I gotta save as much money as possible, so yeah. The quest with the Tommy Wiseau character is hilarious. He, like, talks to himself. He has this really short, terrible movie that he's made that you get to watch. It, it's It's really great. If you play the game, definitely do the side quest. They have some really good stuff. Another quest I love has this grouchy old man. He does a lot of typical old people stuff like collecting useless coins, complaining. It's just overall a good time. There also seems to be this character that seems to be inspired by the much-loved Lorelai Gilmore, or I assume because she loves coffee, diners, and her name is Lorelai. Like, it's not, it's not that subtle. The Calypso twins as the main bad guys aren't as great as Handsome Jack. Anybody who's played the previous game knows that. I personally found them annoying. And they're inspired by streamers and YouTube, so it's kind of like no wonder. I get why they did it. Borderlands tries to be up on the pop culture and to be relevant. And it's a good game, but it's kind of hard. They make very few couch co-op games nowadays, so it's a game that I really appreciate because you can just sit there and play with friends. If you want to check it out, I highly recommend it. I also say start with Borderlands 2 instead of 3, since that seems to be the general consensus that that is the best game. 
I think two is a lot harder than three, so be prepared for that. And my advice to you is to just keep moving, aim for the head, and hopefully you'll be okay. There's a bunch of different character classes you can choose from, so just experiment and see what works best for you. With the different skills you can choose from, you have many different ways you can build your character. It's a game I really love, but as I previously said, it has a lot of issues. I kind of wonder, did the game developers test anything before they released it, or were they just like, oh, this is good enough, made it just like as soon as they're done making it, they just release it. They even came out with new content, and it's like so bad, guys. It's not even that it's hard. The enemies have so much health, it's just not even fun. Like, they're not hard, they're just so tanky. I, I kind of wonder why did Borderlands do this? I just really wonder, do they not play the content themselves before releasing things? Like, God, it's just one thing or another. I don't even know why I bother with it. As I mentioned earlier, I'm also playing Animal Crossings. In the game, I've paid off my house, my village is at four stars, but honestly, it's starting to feel like work. I already work 40 hours a week, and while I think the game looks really good, it's really polished from the last game. To be honest, most of my villagers are really ugly, but I don't have the heart to kick anyone out. I thought the addition of nook points, which you earn by doing random objectives is really nice. I just wish there was more stuff you could get with them. I also miss the island that they had in the last game where you go year round and there's sharks. I heard there's a chance of spawning an island like this in the new game, but so far every island I've traveled to has the same fruit and same flower my island has. It's bullshit. At this point, I'm doing my daily chores in the game, but I'm not really playing it that much. I'm sure when it's summertime, I'll be trying to make bank again by getting shark. It's just that they made it really hard in this game to earn money. The only way for me to make money at this point is to sell turnips, which is like the game's version of the stock market. I don't do this too often because you have to wake up before 12pm on Sunday to buy the turnips. And I, I, I'm just, I'd rather sleep, honestly. I don't, I don't think Nintendo anticipated all the people who would be super rich at this point because they're playing 24-7 because of COVID. It's a fun game, and if you're anything like me, you'll literally spend over 100 hours playing it. Now, let's talk about what shows I'm watching. I started watching 90 Day Fiancé, and, uh, well, reality TV is like junk food. It's not good for you, but it tastes really good. I'm just amazed at the things people will put up with and do just to have an attractive partner. Like, I'm sorry, but I don't think I'd ever love a guy enough to pay thousands of dollars just for him to come live with me. I do feel like they put the really worst moments on this show and it's really easy to judge and make fun of the people on there. Either that or a lot of the people that want to be on this show are just really terrible. I find it funny how the Christians often tend to talk about sex like, ooh, I'm so excited for the wedding night. I guess that's what happens when you decide to wait till after marriage to have sex. You're so pumped for it that oftentimes it's all you can think and talk about. 
I'm not a virgin. Sorry to disappoint anyone. I mean, sex is great, but there's more to a relationship than that. And I'm 30 years old, but I certainly wouldn't go on TV and talk about how much I want to have sex with my future husband. I'm also single as heck, so I don't even have anybody to to talk about having sex with. There's other shows I'm watching right now. Like there's this really cute show on Disney Plus that's absolutely adorable. It's called Be Our Chef. It's where families cook together to win a Disney cruise, which sounds terrible, but also amazing. I think if I were to ever go on a cruise, I'd want to go on a Disney cruise. However, the thought of being stranded out at sea with hundreds of strangers and their kids just sounds really unappealing. The show is really cute. Each dish they make has to be inspired by a Disney movie. They show a clip of the family going to Disneyland, meeting different characters, and trying delicious food. This is kind of like my dream show to be on. Like, quick, somebody knock me up with two kids and let's go audition. It'd be great. As long as they let us take a cash prize. I'd rather have a trip to Disneyland than be on a Disney cruise. It's not an amazing show, but I think we all need a little bit of cuteness in our life. Plus, Angela Kinsley from The Office is the host, so there's that. Another show I recently loved was the show Never Have I Ever. It's currently streaming on Netflix, and I felt so much emotion watching this. The show is about a young Indian girl who is trying to get through high school. The show starts with the tragedy of her father dying. It's like a typical teen romance drama with maybe a bit of comedy, but not that much. There is a love triangle... The main character is very flawed and is kind of unlikable at times, but hey, we were all dumb teenagers once, so I can relate. And even though she's a moody teenager who makes some bad mistakes, you can't help but root for her and hope she makes the right decisions. I really enjoyed the show, and it seems like a lot of other people did too. A lot of the characters in it are really fun, and it has a real strong power of friendship vibe going on. It's a roller coaster of emotion, and I know I'm being vague by not going into too many details, but I don't want to spoil it for you guys. I think you should really check it out, and I'm really hoping there's a season two. And wow, it sounds like I watch a lot of TV, doesn't it? Keep in mind, this is over the span of a few weeks. So Netflix has this new show called Sweet Magnolias. I don't know, the small town vibe, opening a business, the drama, the romances. It kind of reminded me of Gilmore Girls. There are also like way too many love triangles for me. I feel like they're really trying hard to set up for another season. I found the show easy to watch. It had me tearing up a few times. And I'm going to spoil it, so just skip ahead if you don't want it to be spoiled for you. However, the spoilers I'm going to share with you are not that big, so go ahead and keep listening if you uh, don't mind. We have the three sweet magnolias, as they call themselves, or as everybody calls them. Maddie, who's going through a divorce. She has three kids, and the objectively speaking attractive coach of her son's baseball team takes a liking to her. As you watch the show, you watch their romance bloom. Her eldest son, Tyler, is the star of the baseball team. He seems to have a hard time with his parents' divorce. He also just seems really immature, but he is a teenage boy, so I don't know. His younger brother, Kyle, is a theater kid and apparently is very talented. He's playing Puck in the school play. 
And just a little side note here, Midsummer Night's Dream is actually my favorite Shakespeare play. Like, how much of a nerd am I that actually have a favorite Shakespeare play? But I think it's hilarious, and you should really read it if you ever get the chance. Anyway, the youngest child is Katie, and she is obsessed with dinosaurs. This show doesn't really focus on her too much. There's not much drama there. Let's talk about another sweet magnolia, Dana Sue. She's the head chef and owner of a restaurant called Sullivan's. She often seems really stressed out. She's currently separated from her husband and has one child named Annie. Annie wants to be a photographer. She has a crush on Maddie's son, Tyler, but it's unknown if he likes her back. Tyler's brother, Kyle, has a crush on her. This causes a lot of drama, if you can imagine. At one point, Tyler even gets with the girl because, you know, somehow everybody finds out that Annie likes him. So he only gets with this chick to take the heat off of him and Annie. Now, as I mentioned before, Tyler seems really immature, but a guy his age... You know, he doesn't seem to be interested in girls. Is he gay? Is he asexual? We don't know. I'm personally hoping they make him asexual because I feel like there's not a lot of asexuality represented in TV shows. The only character I can think of that is asexual is Todd from BoJack Horseman. So I feel like if they did make him asexual, it'd be good for the young people who, you know, just don't want sex. Then on to our third sweet magnolia, Helen. Helen is a very strong woman. She's single, childless, and the town's go-to lawyer. She has an on-again, off-again romance with an old fling who, at some point, shows up in the show. Eric, who works at Sullivan's, has a not-so-subtle crush on her. Speaking of Sullivan's, we have a young guy who works there named Isaac. He seems to be snooping around a lot because he's trying to find his birth parents. The show has a lot of heart, and it ended on a lot of really big cliffhangers. I think the creators are confident it'll be picked up for season two, and I'm really hoping that it is. This is another show that I would recommend watching. Now, on to movies. I'm a huge movie fan. I really miss going to movie theaters and seeing new movies. It's kind of a bummer because there were a lot of things that were coming out that I wanted to see, like Scooby-Doo and A Quiet Place 2. And, you know, I can't go to the movie theaters right now. Nobody can. I've been just re-watching old Disney movies and finding random indie movies to watch. One of them is called Dina. Dina is a docu-movie. The movie is about the love story of two people on the autism spectrum. I gotta honestly say, this is the first movie I've seen with like a ton of normal looking people in it. It was very refreshing, but it is a documentary, so maybe that's why. Dina is getting married. It's her second marriage. She's been in a lot of relationships, one of which has ended violently, as later shown in the film. It's Scott's first marriage, and he expresses some nervousness about the potential intimacy they will be having. I did watch this in the middle of COVID, and everything was shut down. I was feeling really isolated, and it was just nice seeing into somebody else's life, seeing them prepare for their wedding, their supportive family and friends, talking about how they got engaged. I love that for Scott's bachelor party, he just went bowling. 
I think if I were to ever get married, I'd probably just get a bunch of junk food, get some pre-made margaritas, watch my favorite movies, play some video games, just have a good time with my friends. I am not really too into strippers myself. My favorite part of the movie was the honeymoon because the hotel room they got was so cool. It had Egyptian wallpaper and a martini glass bathtub. You heard right, a giant martini glass bathtub. Amazing. Imagine having sex in that thing. Extremely dangerous, but maybe exciting? I'm afraid of heights, so it might be a no for me. There's a part of the film I'm not going to spoil in case you watch it, but it's for the gut-wrenching, and overall I thought this was a really great movie. I truly miss going to the movies. Nothing beats movie theater popcorn. Like, sometimes I just want to go to Regal on a cheat day, get some popcorn, then leave. Just the experience of going to the movies with friends is something I really enjoy. Whispering dumb jokes to each other as the movie plays, talking about your favorite scenes afterwards, making fun of the movies if it's bad. It's it's really great. I love movies so much that I sometimes go by myself. If you're somebody who is anxious about doing this, please don't. It's really not that bad. And if I didn't go by myself, I would have missed some great movies like Peanut Butter Falcon and Jojo Rabbit. If you love movies and are able to get out of the house often enough to go, I highly recommend getting Regal Unlimited. It's amazing. You can practically go as many times as you want. And I hear AMC has a similar program. You have the option of seeing three movies a week. You can see it in any format like IMAX or 3D without paying for an upgrade like Regal Unlimited has. So I'm thinking I'm going to switch to that unless Regal decides to build a theater closer to where I'm moving to. But we'll see. I'm not really a fan of 3D movies. Most of the movies I've seen in 3D haven't been that impressive unless they were made for 3D. And shame on me, I haven't even seen Avatar, which is like the ultimate 3D movie. Another movie I watched this week was Friends with Kids. It stars Adam Scott from Parks and Recreation and Jennifer Westfield, who stars in Jessica Stein. Westfield also wrote, produced, and directed this movie, so hopefully it was up to her standards. The movie came recommended to me by Hulu, but I don't really know how their algorithm works, and most of the movies I watch are like bad indie movies, so I don't I don't know. I read that the idea for this movie uh, came to Westfield when she was discussing how her friends after they got married and had kids just kind of disappeared. The plot of the movie is about two friends who decide to have a baby together platonically and who later develop feelings for each other. Now, we're to believe a woman in her late 30s got pregnant with one try without using any fertility treatment. Like, okay, I mean, they could have showed her, like, tracking her cycle, but I guess we don't really need reality. You know, I get if you're really desperate to have a baby, you just hit one of your single guy friends up. I can't imagine any of my guy friends being willing to do something like this, but who knows. It's pretty rare that I'm swiping through OkCupid and I see a guy who puts on his profile that he wants kids. Worst comes to worst, like I think you can honestly just go to the sperm donor route or adopt. I I think this movie kind of also gives people a bit of false hope. 
I think it's very unlikely a platonic friend will become romantically interested in you after years of being platonic friends. I have heard of it happening, but it seems like a really rare scenario. People say the friend zone is not real, but I don't know. I understand why the main character develops feelings for her friend. Sometimes being physically intimate with somebody can cause you to develop feelings. Plus on top of that, she's seen him being a great dad to her kid. But I don't know, I I'm still skeptical and I would not recommend people to try something like this. It just sounds like it would get messy. And in the movie, it does show this. She confesses to him, he rejects her, she moves away, they were best friends, and then they just like stop talking. Of course, things wrap up in the end, but years seem to go by and it's just like, why? In his 40s, he just suddenly matures, does that happen? Are guys like that? I really don't know. So a random thought I did have while watching this was the dinner in the cabin, the food actually looked good. Did you notice that? Did anybody notice that? Normally the salads in movies are just lettuce. It's disgusting. And nobody ever puts salad dressing on their salads in movies. It's just like, why? Is, is somebody like, yum, plain lettuce? Like, gross. I get that you're trying to be healthy, but lettuce just tastes like water. I also watched Where'd You Go, Bernadette. This was another recommendation from Hulu. Thanks, Hulu. It takes place in Seattle, and like, hey, I live near there. Now, maybe people don't know this, but the major Microsoft offices are actually in different cities that are not in Seattle. Two, the two cities that they're in are like on the opposite side of Seattle. Bernadette's family th seems quite wealthy and you'd have to be to buy such a large property in the city, even one as shitty as theirs. Though I think this must take place sometime in the future. I was actually surprised that this movie was shot in Seattle and it had a lot of references to things like the Seattle Library and Chihuly and blackberry bushes are also really common in the area. The movie is categorized as a comedy, and while I did find it really entertaining, it only made me laugh a couple of times. The movie is based on a book with the same name, and I didn't read it, so I don't know how well the movie follows the book. The movie starts with the promise of a trip to Antarctica. The promise is made to Bernadette's daughter, B. After watching this movie, I was seriously wishing B was my daughter. She seems so sweet. Bernadette is an architect who quit her job after a bunch of tragedies happened in her life. She is someone who seems to be suffering from severe anxiety, and I wonder if the person who wrote this actually has anxiety, because I have anxiety and some of the stuff she says are things I actually say. I've never related to a character more. She's even over-emotional like I am. At one point, she just, like, starts crying after singing a song in the car, and that's so me. So she doesn't actually go missing in the movie till the last 30 minutes or so. Up to that point, you're just kind of brought into her world. You see her divulge her innermost thoughts over email. You hear her rant about how much Seattle sucks, which I get. It's a gross and dirty city. It's pretty far away, but up close, it's really you. And the roads, like she's right, the roads here are terrible. Over the course of the movie, you see what a close bond she and her daughter have. They're like best friends. There's also a tension between her and her husband, and I do sympathize with him. 
I can't imagine being in a situation where you're with somebody who's clearly suffering from mental illness and you don't know how to help. Every time you try to bring it up, they don't listen. It's probably really frustrating. The whole movie was well acted, but to be honest, I'm a terrible judge when it comes to this. The only time I notice when something is like really bad and then I'll make fun of it. Honestly, I love this movie and it was by far the, my favorite thing I've watched the past couple of weeks. So on to other things. I'm going to talk about an old favorite of mine. It's a manga called The Devil Does Exist. It's in the romance genre. The story is about Kayano, a high school girl who has a crush on a guy named Kamijo. She gets up the courage to write him a love letter and give it to him. However, the letter she writes ends up in the hands of the school punk Takeru. Turns out Takeru is going to be her future stepbrother and well, let's say the way they act towards each other is not very brother and sister-like. I mean, considering their ages, it's not too weird. And, you know, if you get what I'm saying, the two end up in a romantic relationship and their romance has, like, all this drama from their parents, people trying to break them up. But somehow, as you go through the series, they make it through everything. They seem to really love each other. And this isn't an amazing series, but I really like the punk rock look the characters have. And, you know, sometimes a cheesy romance is just what you need. This is actually currently the only manga I own. I used to own more, but I think my parents either threw it out or sold it. I don't really know. You're not going to get any amazing epiphanies reading this, but as you're reading it, you're just going to want to keep reading more and more as the story goes on. It's kind of addicting. So since I'm making this podcast, it's not surprising that I listen to other podcasts. Now I'm not going to make it a habit of mentioning what I'm listening to. However, this week I'm going to recommend one. Cults, Cryptids, and Conspiracies is one of my favorites. They recently did an episode on conspiracies revolving around pandemics. And all their newer episodes recently uh, debunk various COVID conspiracies. Sometimes the podcast can be a bummer to listen to, but that's why they say their fans are the citizens of a fictional town called Bummersville. They also do these monthly book reviews on trashy romance novels that are really funny to listen to. I never read any of the books they review, but they're like these fun little episodes they seem to have every month. Speaking of books, right now I'm listening to some audiobooks, but nothing worth mentioning. My local library is offering people the ability to sign up for library cards online, then grant them access to this app called Libby, where you can listen to audiobooks and read ebooks. You should check out your local library and see if this is an option for you. I've talked about games, TV shows, movie. You may be wondering, what kind of music does Jessica listen to? Now to describe my taste, I mostly like rock music with a bit of pop. My taste could be described as stuck in high school. I'm going to recommend two bands you may or may not have heard of. One is from Tempe, Arizona. They're called Sundress. I've seen them live twice now when they've come up to Seattle on tour. They're in the rock genre and they have a lot of catchy songs. 
They recently released a new song and signed on to Rude Records. They were established in 2012, and from social media, they are always talking about, like, their support for things like people struggling with addiction and mental health problems. They always seem to be touring, and I'm just sitting here wondering, did one of them win the lottery or something? I think these guys are really talented, and if you want to check out one of their songs, I'm going to recommend Mill Ave and Broadway. If you ever get the chance to see them live, go for it, because they're actually one of the bands that is really good live. Another band is AM Taxi. I've only been listening to them for a few years, and sadly, I've never had the chance to see them live. The singer has one of those voices that sounds really good, but also you just kind of assume he smokes a lot. They're from Chicago. They came out with an album the past few years, but I personally prefer their older stuff better. My personal favorite song is Champagne Toast. Unfortunately, I couldn't find a lot of information about the band online. I don't know what any of the members are like, but if you like their music, you should follow them on social media. I think that about covers everything I want to talk about today. Hopefully this episode is long enough. This is still in the, uh, this is still really new to me, so I'm trying to get an idea of how long I should write a script for, or, you know, just still trying to figure this out. I hope you enjoyed what you listened to, and if you want to hear more, please uh, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast app you listen to rate the show if you want and to be honest i listen to a lot of shows but i never rate them honestly if you like what you hear just tell your friends that's what i do but i think i'm one of my few friends that actually listens to podcasts you can follow me on instagram at pockets underscore last i post my art on there but you know whatever I couldn't come up with another name for the podcast, and all the names I could think of were already taken, so, oh well. I don't know if anybody's gonna even be inclined to click on a show with a name like Pocket Lass, but we'll see. You can also email me at pocketlasspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Take care.